You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we crack the code to the entertainment industry one conversation at a time. Are we keeping <laughs> We are. <laughs> and to that end, we, um, we, we interview uh, actors, casting directors, filmmakers, writers, anybody involved in the entertainment industry, and we package them up and do a little podcast, and we deliver them to you. We have an interview with writer, director, producer, actor, graphic designer, photographer, mul- photographer, multi-hyphenate Mark Gant, um, who created the web series uh, The Bannon Way. Co-created. Co-created, oh, yeah. only with uh, Jesse Warren. Co-created the, uh, the, the web series ba- The Bannon Way. Which uh, was recently picked up by Sony Pictures and turned into a feature-length film. Yeah, you can get it on Netflix and Blockbuster and all the other kind of yeah movie services. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And and he was the nicest guy. And uh, usually when you when you run into somebody like that who does so many different things, usually they're really good at one of them, and then the other ones are just kind of good at right. Mark's really good at all of them. He's a and definite he was, renaissance man. He was the nicest guy, and he just he he sat down with us, and it was such an ex- inspiring interview. I thought, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy yeah. this one. Part one will be in this episode. Part two will be in episode twenty nine. So uh, look out for that. <laughs> So um, we have a couple shout-outs we want to uh, we want to make on the podcast before we jump into the meat of today's episode. Um, because we've gotten a lot of great uh, people kind of get in touch with us, um, tell us about the cool things that they're doing. Some people have uh, been really great with uh, donating to us and helping us keep this thing going. Oh, and a couple people have, have called in and left voicemails and things like that. So let's just kind of knock down this list. Um, right off the bat, um, we've got uh, a listener named Sina Hawk, who I believe is also in Germany with Philip Wimmer. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, that's how she heard about the podcast. She heard about it from Philip, who we also want to give a shout out to since he's been... Um, plugging us all over Eastern Europe, yeah, <laughs> Germany, Austria. Um, he's kind of like a, a big uh, advocate of the podcast over there. And um, according to Cena, started his own podcast mm-hmm. uh, for actors inspired by Inside Acting. So we were really... That's so awesome. Flattered. I love that. that. In fact, we got a, a tweet the other day from uh, somebody... Else, Tope, Topath, full of something. You know what I'm talking about? Oh on Twitter? yeah, Ho- Holly, Holly Go Lightly, Go Lightly on I think, Twitter. Yeah, she she's in Australia, mm-hmm. and she um, she contacted us and said, "Hey, I want to start one in Australia," and I think that's amazing. Yeah, um, well, we we don't know anything about the Australian market, so yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, uh, yeah, you want to tell people about Cena's website? Yeah, Cena put together a website called. Uh, I guess lit hearts is the way you would pronounce it, but it's got some kind of special uh, punctuation. It's uh, well, we'll put it on the website, but it's it's basically the word is broken up with these two colons, so it's lit colon h e a colon. I'm sorry, h yeah h e a colon r t. Is that right? Yes. Or is it yeah. after the no? That's right. A? It's just literature, theater, theater, art, art, which yes. which I think is cool. And I you know the the website's in German, so we we can't read it <laughs> but i guess we could go to like babblefish and translate it or something but um uh it looks like it's a it's a really great kind of blog that just covers all sorts of uh topics within those three genres yeah uh, art and culture in uh, in, yeah. in in that area of europe so yeah uh check that out uh the link will be on our website yeah and just a couple other shout outs uh matt wilder's been great um he's been in touch uh and really plugging the website in fact we have a voicemail from him today that's right um We've got uh, we a shout out to Carolina, Carolina Gropa, um, who's also been awesome. Philip Wimmer, obviously. Pamela Vanderway, who's on Twitter. Uh, she, her username is Dialect411. That's right. Yeah. And she's been wonderful uh, spreading the word and being in touch with us. Lots of Follow Fridays. <laughs> yeah, lots of Follow Fridays, which is awesome. We love that. And uh, Evelyn Oberts, who used to be 
who, or still is, I'm not sure, Stephanie Oberhansley, who was one of our, really one of our, like, first listeners. Well, you know, my name is still Albert Meyer, yeah. but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't, I always get confused, though. It's like, I don't know quite what to call you people. <laughs> <laughs> you people. Just because What do you changed, mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Just because we changed our name? Yeah. Um, so thank you, everybody, for um, being in touch and, and kind of re-inspiring us with the cool things that you're doing. Um, we love to hear from people that are doing cool stuff and, and um, communicating with us. So thank you. We have a few donations um, that we've gotten, and we want to just thank the people on the podcast that have been kind enough to send in some money to help us keep the podcast going. Uh, the first one was from Matt Wilder. Daniel Pierce has also been great sending sending uh, some support in. Stefan Fuller, who's an actor that I feel like I met in New York at some point years ago. I don't think I did. We exchanged a few emails and couldn't make the connection, but um, he was great uh, sending in some support. And then lastly, Linda Farathicone. That was pretty good, man. Is that close? That's close. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to pronounce okay. it. Okay, <laughs> she's she's been awesome too, and she sent us a, a great email. Um, and was really fantastic uh, with her support. So thank you guys for for helping us keep this thing going. Always appreciated. Always appreciated. Yeah. Um, so we do have that one voicemail from from Matt Wilder that I want to get to. But first, uh, you know, it's been a month since we've had uh, an episode with yeah. just the two of us and a guest. So what the heck have you been up to, my friend? <laughs> well, I think I think you know because we've been up to pretty much the same thing. AJ and I have both been in uh, multiple shows, rehearsing multiple shows, and while working several jobs uh, as well this past month. So it's been a really busy few months. I mean, our our theater ensemble is putting on this kind of festival of these original works we've been developing over the past few years coming up and um we're doing all three kind of simultaneously and and aj's in all three of them yeah <laughs> With, and and he doesn't necessarily have small parts either he's, a, <laughs> he's the lead character in each and every one um and i'm i'm in two of them so that alone is enough to kind of keep anyone busy add on the you know the two or three day jobs that we also work in addition plus to auditions that, plus auditions plus <clears throat> you know playing starcraft 2 I mean, I mean, what? What happened? <laughs> I mean, what? Who? What? Um, you know, we it, we've been really busy, so yeah. um, we apologize that, that there's been a little bit of a hiatus. So this project, uh, this project, uh, Trevor came on board with the project uh, pretty early on. I, I was, saw the very first uh, workshop production yeah, of Wounded. Yeah, I was part of the um, sort of. Um, group of uh, theater artists that kind of created this project. It's called The War Cycle. It's made up of three plays, Wounded, Nation of Two, and Gospel According to First Squad. And um, they each sort of explore, uh, it's called The War Cycle because they all have themes of uh, war, and they explore different aspects of that. So so the Wounded uh, explores the wounded soldiers coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan. Nation of Two is uh, dealing with a family who's lost their soldier in Iraq, and then Gospel According to First Squad takes place in Afghanistan, and that's the one in which I play... um, an Afghani uh, interpreter, and I have to speak Pashto, which I'm really, really nervous about. But one of our podcast listeners actually um, is helping us out with that um, because I just happened to be looking at her Twitter profile one day and, and, and realized that she was from Afghanistan and spoke Pashto. And um, so that was very Oh, cool. that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. you, you contacted her? Yeah, or? her name's uh, Fereshta. I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly, but she's um, a listener and um, she, we're sort of mutual followers on Twitter and that kind of thing. So that's very cool. It was really cool. Something very tangible from that whole social networking thing. That, like, Power of Web 2.0. Yes, yes. Very um, excellent. So we'll put links to all this stuff on the website so we don't have to like take up so much time on the podcast kind of plugging our own stuff shamelessly um but go on and and just check it out there's some videos uh, on the website um the los angeles theater ensemble website there's um a bunch of information that's up there it's um it's very interesting project and you know the first two shows have already been reviewed so we got um all uh uh, positive reviews from from the Los Angeles Times, LA Weekly, Variety, Backstage West. Um, so some very very good uh, press there. So come check it out if you guys have a chance. It's, uh, it runs August nineteenth through September eleventh is the closing date. Yeah. And if you want to make a, if you want to make a day of it on September eleventh, you can see all three shows. We'll That's true. All three. 
on that is that's a Saturday, right? It's a Saturday, yeah. So Saturday, yeah. September 11th, closing day. We're actually doing all three shows in one day, and it's 33 bucks. So basically, three shows for 33 bucks, 11 dollars a show. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so that is what we've been up to. So between that and the jobs, like you were saying, uh, it the the thrival job episode that we did last week was awesome for me because I was like freaking out trying to figure out how I'm going to make this work. I kept having to give my shifts away rather than trade them at my job, at your day be- job. Yeah. because I had to get to auditions and, you know, my paycheck would come and I'm, you know, it's like basically like this acting thing is quote unquote making me go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So like we were talking about that thrival job thing and it was really hitting home at that time because um, the job that I do have isn't exactly conducive to it. And I, you know, for the most part, they've been flexible with me, but there's sort of a difference between being flexible and actually being able to make a living doing this thing while going out on auditions. Um, I don't know how you've been. Well, a lot of your stuff is independent contractor work, right? Yeah. So you have yeah. a little bit more flexibility, yeah. so, which is great. Yeah, the, the, it, the, the flexibility is great, but there are – I was just talking to a buddy of mine at the gym actually that I saw <clears throat> about this because the flexibility is great, but you make a trade-off when you have that because you know, you're know you paying for health insurance now out of pocket, right. which is a lot of money. Yeah. Even for somebody like me, who I, I consider myself pretty healthy. I, I very, very rarely need to see a doctor, knock on wood, for anything. Um, and you know I'm paying almost 100 bucks now, yeah. and it's like – Well, you're also an American – yeah, that's true. That's true. I just watched and, Sicko, and, uh, and sti- yeah, exactly. And I was reading it. I was, exactly. We yeah. still haven't gotten that figured out yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So the trade off is like there are some months where I have like a windfall, and I've got you know a good amount of money in my bank account that I feel very comfortable with, and then I don't know. I mean, I I'm good with managing my money, and then some. You know, I pay my bills, and then before you know it, two three work weeks have gone by without any work. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm back to square one again. Yeah. So it's that's the trade-off. You know, it's it's a tricky thing. So I know I picked up a lot of great stuff from from episode 27 with Ben. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, definitely identifiable. Yeah, um, and the resources that he shared uh, and put on the website were great. Any particular audition stand out for you since it's been a month? Like uh, any any auditions in that month? That uh, yeah, uh, I had a great audition on the uh, Warner Brothers lot. Yesterday, there you actually, go. that that uh, Peter Bedard got for me. This is one of those crazy things that, out of the blue, a friend hooked up an audition for me because he knew That's the casting awesome. directors over there. So Peter Bedard was episode nine, nine I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of thrival jobs, I was just speaking to him yesterday. I called him afterwards to thank him and let him know how it went. And and he's doing really well, uh, doing hypnotherapy, kind of on his own. He started the company, and we had one of our listeners suggest that. Yeah, in, in twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's really kind of cool to, to the more we do this podcast to see the dots connect. So he knew somebody involved with the show. He knew somebody involved with the show, and when I walked into the room, the casting director said, "Oh, that's where I know you from." And I kind of looked at him and I said, uh, "What?" Uh-oh. And he said, "And he said Chico's Angels." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, cool." Nice. And he goes, "He goes, you were dressed differently, but uh, <laughs> or or undressed <laughs> differently." He goes, "But I really, really enjoyed that show." So. Um, it was kind of cool, you know, to to have that that out of that connection just come out of the blue. Yeah, work begets work, yeah. and it's great yeah. to be able to walk into that room and have them go, "Hey, you're from you know such and such." Yeah, and I was thrilled <clears throat> to be in that office. This this is one of the big ones, so I was nice. thrilled. It was to be uh, there. Michael, you, t- you told uh, me Dan Shaner and Michael Testa. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very excited to be there. Michael Testa, who I uh, quoted left and right when I went to uh, yeah. Actor Fest, and we did our whole Actor Fest episode. Yeah. yeah, he was the one who actually said, "Book the office, not the role." Uh huh. It was that came from his mouth. I, I don't know if his, you know, you can attribute that quote to him because it's probably one that's been spoken before. But uh, but I yeah. certainly do because he was the first person I heard it from. Yeah, it's funny because I I knew that I remembered that from our from our Actor Fest episode, and so I was thinking about it as I was in the office. And uh, I really felt like I did book that office. Nice. You know? It was for a pilot, so I, I'm, I don't know if I have the credits on my resume to you know build up to a producer trusting me with a pilot role yet. But maybe I do. Who knows? But um, I remember thinking, you know, like this is a good office, man. Just just be professional. You know, knock it out of the park as best you can, and they'll remember you and keep bringing you back. You know what? This is a perfect segue. I can't I can't pass it up. Speaking yeah. of speaking of booking offices we should probably just play matt's voicemail let's do it right now because it's uh this is one of my favorite voicemails we've ever gotten on the podcast 
Hey guys, what's up? It's Matt Wilder from Jersey. I promise I won't make this long. Um, I just want to let you know that I just got out of an audition for a new kids' TV show. You're looking for a host. And uh, with all of the things that we've been learning about through your podcast with confidence and doing your work and researching the show it's currently on, um, and I, I don't want to say anything just yet, but you know. Um, and uh, just doing the work, having the confidence, and really treating each audition as a performance. I was literally in the audition room, and there was a point where um, I felt the energy shift, and I saw the producers, like, literally sit back and cross their arms, and hmm. I, I made them relax and watch me and enjoy from an audience perspective. And I rocked the audition, and I'm at a newfound peace with the fact that I did well. And if they don't cast me, that's fine. I offered who I am, what my product is, and if it fits, awesome. If it doesn't, move on. But hey, that's all I got, you know. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Hope all is well. Thanks. That is that is the best voicemail we've ever gotten. I, I, I think so too. It's like it's such a um, compilation of almost everything we've ever talked about yeah. on the podcast yeah. you know not just us but our guests and th- you know people yeah. have brought on things that they have talked it's about it's funny i was i was picking out neil mcdonough's episode right you know, exactly this episode david lawrence's episode you know <laughs> yeah just you know he's talking about confidence about booking the office not the role he's talking about offering himself this is the this is my product that i have to offer and if it works mm-hmm. out great if not you know it, they they seemed impressed it was you know the energy in the room was good yeah. uh, he treated it like a performance also i thought it was interesting too uh it was hard to kind of pick out um in there but he said he was uh, auditioning for a kids tv show that was looking for a host and that's what he does um he t- he's told us in previous uh, voicemails that he does like a lot of children's theater so it's kind of something that's right up his alley oh, he's cool. probably already comfortable with like i just thought there was so much good stuff yeah in this yeah. voicemail and that's that's the that's the best part is that you can tell that they trusted him as a performer and they were able to let go of their their kind of stress about casting this job and just sit back and be entertained Right, you know, and it's like, and if you can do that in the room, like they are going to find something for him. You know, it may not be next month, it may not be six months from now, but eventually, this office is going to find something. Oh, for Oh, definitely, definitely. I think so, man. I think uh, you know, pay attention to whatever these people work on in the future. Um, if you don't end up booking yeah. whatever it was that you went out for, and keep keep them up, keep in touch with them, keep them updated. You know, yeah. postcards, emails, you know, drop offs, whatever you need to do. Keep us updated. I'd love to hear, yeah. you know, if you hear anything from them, if you get a call back, um, mm-hmm. send us an email or drop us another voicemail. Um, that would be awesome. Audition experience that I wanted to kind of talk about because it was just kind yeah. of so strange. Yeah. There's this casting office here in LA called Cast C A Z T, and um, they the the way that it works it's it's set up kind of interestingly. You just have to re- if you're like a casting director or a director that needs to cast something, you just sign up for a space and you can use it for free. And they make their money by selling the audition tapes to actors afterwards, which I thought was brilliant because it kind of works out for everybody. It's only five bucks a month for a membership, which is not that much. And you get to, and as an actor, you get to see your audition tape. <clears throat> it's month to month. You can turn it off if you want the membership. You know, the casting directors, producers, directors get to use the space for free, and they pay their rent, I guess. You know, and yeah, I like the. I'll, I'll wait to make a comment on that, but I. I like the model, but I think there's some pitfalls with it. But well, go for it. Don't talk about it because I, I it, this is my first experience with it, and it was actually a, another actor friend of mine who was kind of explaining to me how they worked because mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just mm-hmm. kind of it was my first time there, and I didn't like sign up for anything. I just like went in and I was just like, oh, what is this place? So what do, yeah. what do you feel like the pitfalls of that? Are? I, I, I like I said, I really like the idea, and I I think that in theory it works great. I've had a few experiences there though where, um, you know, I did the audition. The only way that I was able to hear anything about the audition was through their 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 paid service, where you pay the money to to watch yourself and stuff. And I don't necessarily think it's the healthiest thing for actors to watch themselves without some sort of professional guidance. And I don't necessarily think it's the best thing for random casting directors who some have a lot of experience, some maybe not so much, to be critiquing your experience. And I feel like that there's a lot of 
I sense, and this could be totally off base, that there's a lot of damage done to actors through a system like this, potentially. Maybe not, I may be way off base with this, but... You know, it, it's like it's like that whole like. Well, I kind of I kind of agree with you on the feedback thing because you don't necessarily know what the, I mean. It's it's what Bruce Smith said. You know, in his episode, you, you know, <laughs> chances are good that you. Yeah. There's a high probability you're being judged by a moron. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, that's totally fair. I get that. Um, and that's true of everywhere, I suppose. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm thinking of a particular situation where I went in and I read for the role, and I, I could kind of tell that maybe they weren't thrilled with it. And it wasn't, I don't think, because of any any shortcoming on my part, he said proudly. <laughs> uh, but like when I got that email after your audition, it says, like, your audition is now ready for viewing. And yeah, I show I got, you the I three the- little thumbnails. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you look horrible in the thumbnails because it's, like, all squished in. The aspect ratio is not right and the lighting is all weird. And then you get, like, the first six words of their critique, you know? And then it's, like, if you want to read the rest, you just pay us ten bucks. And it's... It really kind of that situation really kind of rubbed me the wrong way, especially since the first six words were didn't really get into the and it was like dot 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 and I was like <laughs> why why would I pay ten dollars for this right now or five dollars whatever it is Trevor Alget is a big <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you just like what so um, I, I mean I don't know that that you know that probably doesn't have much. Uh, it's not really grounded in anything solid, so I, that, right. I shouldn't be critiquing the service of the thing, but uh, that's been my experience. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was interesting. I thought I'd bring it up because the other thing that was interesting that happened at that office, because they have all these um, offices, and they all, it's kind of like being at 200 South La Brea for anybody who's gone to a commercial ca- casting uh, sure. down down there. You're in this giant lobby, and there's doors just going into all these studios where they're having the auditions, very similar to that. And um, <clears throat> I was sitting outside of the audition that I was there for. And in the room, in the room next to um, uh, that one, they were casting this um, dramatic uh, short about a guy who's like a you know police investigator or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And the casting director was standing outside the door, and I'm just sitting there in the waiting room, and she's staring at me. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, and you know, I'm not going to be weird, so I just looked at her and kind of smiled, and I said hi, and she said hi, and I was just like. I, I didn't. I didn't really, you know, say anything else. And she said, "Do you want to audition for our project?" That's right. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, and I, I saw like, your Twitter about. Yeah, this. I was like, "Uh," and she goes, "She goes, no, no, no. You're, you're, you, you really fit the description of the lead." And I was like, "Uh, okay." I mean, you know, if somebody says that to you, so it was really bizarre because nothing like this had ever happened before. And I immediately thought, well, you know, my manager would probably want to kind of screen this a little bit. But I don't know what to do because it's like, do I go in the room, audition, and then just be like, you know, if, if it's a terrible project, we just pass on it later and possibly piss them off? Or do I not go in the room and um, and call her first? Or like, you know, what should I do? So I was like, I, I asked, I said, first of all, this is a good lesson and actors kind of taking their time and taking their space and, you know, taking a couple breaths. I said, do you mind if I go into this audition first so I can clear my head, get that out of the way, and then come back out and I'll deal with, you know, with your project. And, and she was like, oh, absolutely, take, take your time. She was perfectly, you know, respectful. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it reminds me of, like, what um, Mark Gant's going to talk about in his interview about, you know, uh, getting paid. It's like all of a sudden there's, like, this respect thing a little bit, yeah. you know. It's like um, I just asked her to respect my time and space, and she did. Very cool. Uh, went into that audition, came back outside. I just need one minute. Went outside, called my manager. Uh, they couldn't find the project on any of the breakdown services. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, you know. And she said, well, just go in. And, and she said exactly that. If it's, if it's you know, terrible or whatever later, we can pass on it. And later, I, when I called her back, she said, look, if anybody ever says the words to you, do you want to audition for our project? You're perfect for the lead. Don't mess up on that. Yeah. And I was like, I figured as much. And she goes, no, no, but you were right to call me because I'm the kind of person that if you hadn't called me, I'd be bitching at you right now saying, why didn't you call me? Yeah. And I said, okay, fair enough. So I just thought that was a really interesting experience because it incorporated this uh, cast system. I thought we could talk about that. And then also just like really kind of taking your time as an actor and fe- not feeling rushed, not feeling like you have to please everyone all the time. Yeah, not giving away your power. We've talked about this a little bit, yeah. and that's a great example of yeah. of just of taking a great opportunity and not not like running after it as if right. you were starving, you know. Well, I think the context we've used, we've talked about it 
in the past, if you arrive early for an audition, like you, you get there early, 10, 15 minutes early, and they're running on time or running ahead of schedule, <clears throat> they may say like, oh, hey, you know, we're ready for you now if you want to come in. If you're there early and your appointment time isn't for 10, 15 minutes, you can say, oh, no, 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 you know, I, I, I'd like a few minutes. That's completely mm-hmm. acceptable. Yeah. Completely acceptable. I mean, if you're running late or something, obviously not. But that's completely acceptable to take your time and say, I just need to catch my breath. You know, you're, if you were probably, if you're in LA, you were probably stuck in traffic. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's perfectly acceptable to kind of take your time and just say, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a couple minutes. Yeah. You know, it's a good segue to the interview because Mark. It's a great segue to the interview. Mark actually talks a lot about, um, you know, uh, taking matters into your own hand. Um, I, I love this. He is the epitome of the create your own project. I, he, oh put yeah. it, he put it really well. I think he was quoting um, his, one of his mentors or something, but he said, he said that they told him to make his own door to go through, nice. you know, to get into. And I, I was like, that is just brilliant. We might, we might steal that. Make your own door. Make your own door. Yeah. Make your own door to, to get into. Nice. So let's, let's roll into it. Go for it. Great. Okay, guys, welcome back. Uh, I'm sitting here with AJ and someone we've uh, we're very excited to have on the podcast, uh, Mark Gant, who's the co-creator of the Bannon Way and has done a ton of other stuff as well. So, Mark, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Now, I intentionally didn't do a ton of kind of research on you because I, I wanted to kind of be exposed to all the stuff that you've been doing kind of firsthand without knowing a lot about it. So, I don't know. Um, besides what we've just spoken about before we started recording, really how you got started with the Bannon Way and then all this stuff that happened before the Bannon Way. Um, so I guess let's start at the very beginning. Um, how did, what, when were you born? No, exactly. Um, like, like what, what brought you, are you native of LA? Uh, no, I'm uh, originally from Stockton, uh, up by Sacramento and, uh-huh. uh, I moved down to San Diego, uh, in 92 to be close to LA. Like if I ever decided I was going to like be an actor, I was going to like, you know, at least I would be close. And, uh, I moved down with a friend of mine and his sister. Um, we actually just moved, bringing her down to like register for school. And we like showed up and it was like all these girls in bikinis, like in line at the, at the, uh, junior college. We're like, what Stockton? There's like nobody in like, in like bikini tops in line for school. It's like, we should totally go here. You want her? Like, yeah. Like, you know, the line was like long. So by the time we got to the top, we were, we were like, oh, let's do it. So we like signed up for classes, drove around the, like the school, found an apartment, put down a deposit, and then drove back that night. And then I was like, so, you know, dad, I'm moving down to San Diego. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. He's like, when? I go, uh, next Wednesday. He's like, great. Maybe you'll grow up. Wow. And I was like, what? Come on. I'm grown up. What are you talking about? Did you tell him it was the, the bikini club? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why he said, you're not going to, that's, that's not the right reason to go down there. But, right. uh, so I was there for a couple of years and then I moved up to LA. And uh, while I was down in San Diego, um, right before I moved up, I, I uh, got a gig um, doing a, as a prop assistant on a TV movie with Lonnie Anderson. And um, that was like, it was just kind of like one of those random things. Like I always wanted to be in the movie business, you know, be an actor or whatever. And so somebody had told me that they were doing this, uh, this movie of the week. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, just be an intern and be, you know, be on the set. And I loved it. Like, I loved the chaos. Like, they show up at the hotel and, like, everybody's, like, you know, all the doors are open down the hallway and people are running back and forth and they're, like, screaming at each other and they're, like, trying to right. figure out, like, you know, production's there and, you know, art department and everybody's there. I was like, I really dig this. This is, like, this right. is fun. So I did that for three weeks and then um, was, like, actively trying to get work up here. And then, like, three months later, got a gig and came up, packed up my Nissan Sentra with all my crap and did a... Uh, HBO short film basically for like six weeks and then I never left and I did like everything from you know PA driver I was a teamster for a while art department props grip um, some production coordinating art directing on commercials prop mastering on commercials and uh, and then I was doing that for a long time travel a lot worked a lot and then it was like about uh, 96 uh, I was on set and this uh, director uh, Jamie Foley we were talking, we we're on location. He's like, so like, what do you really want to do? I was like, well, uh, you know, kind of want to be, he's like, no, 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 don't tell me, but I know it's not a prop guy. So whatever it is, like, you just got to write it down and just do it. 
like just some random like he just like out of out of left field and i was like oh, okay so i went to the hotel i was like i want to be a writer director producer actor you know i want to awesome. create projects that uh you know that i'm in and things that i that i'm passionate about and did all this thing so he's like did you write it down the next day i told you i did it he's like all right did you put a date and i was like uh yeah, no i didn't put a date he's like you gotta have a date you gotta have an amount of money in the bank and say no matter what you're gonna do it Wow. So that night I wrote back. It's like, so I knew I was going to do one more movie. So as a prop guy, so I said, okay, so on December 1st, you know, I'll have whatever it was. I think it was like 20000 in the bank, and I'm just going to take six months off, go to an acting class, take a class at AFI, learn to direct, and, you know, start writing and do all that stuff. It was like, all that stuff is like kind of what, right, how I right, felt. It was right. like, all that stuff. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. I'm just, I'm just going right. to go do it. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the movie got pushed later, you know, I mean, uh, went over schedule. So it was more like January 1st when I was done. And I took off six months, found an acting class, went to AFI uh, for like a three-week course on producing, um, went to IFP West, did a, a director's workshop, um, did a whole bunch of crazy stuff that I was just, you know, doing a play. And after that six months, I ran out of money. I was like, oh, shit. You know, it's like all this stuff costs money. Plus, you know, I'm, you know, like living large going, ah, I'm going to do this. Right, you right. Know? <laughs> and uh, so I went back doing a movie for six months and then six months off, six months on, you know, for about four or five years where I do a movie. Then I'd like do plays and be writing and, you know, do some directing and stuff and then go back to do a movie. And then uh, that just got like crazy because it's like, you know, my career was like, uh. Uh, you know, right, like it was right. like start to do something. It's like I get a couple of plays, I get a couple of independent films, a couple of shorts, and then it was like, yeah, this is it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And now I got to go make money again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so basically, from there, I went into doing commercials um, as a as a prop guy and art director, which made it easier for me to take take off time and be able to go to auditions and stuff. And um, around that time, uh, I started the Beverly Hills Playhouse. Um, I think it was like '99. So for, I was there. You know, while I was still doing props for about five or six years, and it was like I can't keep doing like I can't, they'd get stretched out to like seven days of work. So then I'd miss auditions, and I, you know, like even if I booked a job, like it was fine. But then I was like in between work and stuff. So um, finally, just said I'm, I got to create something else, some other way of making money and still be able to act and like write and do all that kind of stuff. So I started doing graphic design and headshot photography. So I kind of stopped doing props and art department altogether. I said, okay, I'm just going to be an actor. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of, you know, maybe I'll, you know, do some short films, but I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to, like, I'm going to like administer my career. I'm going to, like, drop off postcards. I'm going to do all this stuff. And, you know, I did, you know, I did that. And, like, you know, it was, it was okay. But I wasn't booking the amount of work that I wanted. I'm giving you guys the, the like the Reader's Digest version of like 20, <laughs> no. year, 20 years of my life. It's but, cool because uh, we're, we're getting at the good part because what I love about your your Twitter profile is your bio, which yeah. says, I'm just a guy who hates waiting around for shit to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I sense that we're getting to that yeah, part. We're getting, so. we're getting to that place, which was basically March 12th of 2007. I was in acting class. Oh, yeah. Date. That's awesome. <laughs> I had it on my board for the longest time. Uh, and uh, I was in acting class, and uh, the Alan Barton was teaching the class, and my friend Tracy Wilson uh, was there on, on the stage. She's just in this amazing scene, like amazing. And I've seen her acting just like get better and better and better and better. And uh, her sister is Bridget Wilson, who's an actress who's been in a lot of stuff. And she's like, you know, I'm just so frustrated. My sister works all the time. And yet I can't, like, book a job. And it's like, she's like, I see myself trying to, like, have her career. And I realize I just have to, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And Alan's like, you know, you got to, like, create your own door and go through it. And, you know, and Milton Casales, our, you know, the main teacher at, at the Playhouse, was always talking about, you know, administering your career, creating your own thing. You as an actor... You know, what's your first circle of casting, you know, and, and like go to that, get into the party and then you can go off and like play the guy with like the limp and the, you know, the patch over his eye or whatever. Right. But like, what is it that like you do better than anybody else? Like the Mark Gant that nobody else can, can beat. And, um, so, so like that night I went home and I was like, my, my girlfriend just booked a pilot and she booked a movie for screen gems. And I was like, I had no auditions. I was with diverse, uh, agency. Like they were a great agency. They were like, you're great. We love you. And I was like, okay, well, I, what the fuck? All right. So, um, right. so basically that night I was just you know sitting there. I was working on the scripts at all these like post-its up and I was talking to my girlfriend about it after class, like midnight. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just like so frustrated with this. I said, I feel like, you know, the door's cracked open. I got my foot in there. And then yet, like, the back door of the party's totally open. And everybody's like, dude, come this way. You can, like, direct and create your own projects. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, a casting director, you know, April Webster has to cast me in this thing, you know, if I'm going to, like, you know, 
be a value as an actor. Right. And uh, I said, I just, you know, I just got to stop fighting it. And she's like, I think this is your end right here. I think you got to create your own stuff. And so I like wrote, I said, today, March 12th, I stopped fighting. And wow. uh, so that night, um, like I went to bed, I was like, all right, I don't, I, know, I don't know what my answers are, but I knew that there was like a solution, a solution out there. So I woke up in the morning and I wrote it on a list of uh, three writer directors that like wanted to work with me and, you know, had approached me before about doing stuff. And Jesse Warren was the first one on the list. And he had a script called Plan F about a character, Neil Bannon, who was this, you know, kind of charming thief who basically walked into a, a bank and said, I'm not leaving until I get into that safe deposit box. And then there's a gunshot. And this woman says, I'm not leaving till I get what's in that safe deposit box. And it's like this cool, like what oh, happens cool. at this bank. So, um, and then it turned, you know, it was, there was a lot, of, it was very expensive and we were like, okay, how are we going to, you know, kind of create something out of this? He's like, maybe we'll do a trailer. And then he got busy doing like a movie. And then, um, so this was like six months before that day. So, so six months later, I sent him an email and said, Hey, launch you and I, I want to talk to you about that project, that project. And, uh, we met at King's road cafe and I was like, all right, so here's the deal. Like, I want to like create something. I want to like do my own project and da da da. And I want, you know, you, how about something of this script? Maybe we could do a, the short or something. And he's like, yeah, the short. I was like, eh, never mind, not the short. He goes, I said, you know, even if it goes to Sundance, then nobody's going to see it. And you have to come back and we still don't have a career. So let's, let's maybe like a mobile Mobisode or a web series or something. And it's like I'd kind of like heard about it, but there wasn't really web series going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, this, was a, this was 2007? 2007, yeah. Okay, yeah. So and this was uh, just the dawn of just, the yeah, web just, series. Yeah, just a couple ones like Pink and Lonely Girl and yeah. this one on IFC, which was getting called Getting Away with Murder, which we saw was like a guy, you know, a hitman who lived with his mom, you know. So it was like right. there was some cool stuff out there, but nothing had like really hit big. And uh, I said, let's create something that, like, millions of people will see us. You know, like, the web is, like, a perfect place for that. And um, so he's like, yeah, no, I don't want to do <laughs> Like, let's make a movie or something, you know? So I, like, eventually I did all this research. I sent him all these links. I was like, look, we can blow this away. We can create something so cool. It looks like TV. Because up to that point, I'd, um, I'd uh, directed a short, won a whole bunch of awards, and, like, did a couple of spec commercials. And I was like, man, I'm going to be a director. And there was a point where... Um, I hated acting so much. It was like, maybe I should just direct because I love directing. I have more control. And uh, my, you know, Milton Gonzalez said, like, he said, you could do both, but you got to give acting 100%. So he said, I want to see every scene that you're doing for the next year and a half. And like, I did like 20 scenes with him. And like, I just, my, my acting and my confidence just went through the roof. So I was like, so by the time I got to this point, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can create my own project. I can act in it. I'll find directors that I like to work with that want to work with me. And uh, and that started the, like a three year journey of the band wow. away, basically. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. So I, I almost that was there was so much good stuff there. Yeah. I almost want to rewind it for a second because I'm fascinated by by the start because I, I noticed on your IMDb page you have a lot of credits as as a driver. So you when you came out to LA, did you necessarily have aspirations of being an actor? Yeah, I always wanted to be an actor. That okay. was like my dream. Uh, and I you know, but I'm I'm a late bloomer. You know, I, I when I. Uh, when I first got here, uh, I got sober when I was 19. So uh, when I first moved out here, I was like two or three years sober. I was still kind of like, still not confident like with the acting because I like I hadn't done the acting in high school or anything. Like fifth grade, that was like my acting prime, you know. Exactly, all of us. <laughs> uh, so for me, when I got when I moved up here, it was like, okay, well, I don't know how you know how this is going to work. So like my second movie, Elizabeth Shue was, uh, the actress and she was, I used to drive her to the hotel. We were in tech in, uh, Arizona. And of course, you know, I it eventually came out that I really wanted to be an actor and stuff. And she's like, you know, you should go to, you know, one of my teachers, you know, she's great. And I'm trying to think who she gave me, who, who's the number. I did go to the class. Um, uh, God, it wasn't Howard Fines, but it was, it was an, a big teacher, you know? And, uh, it's a female. And so I went to the class and it was like, there was like actors I saw from TV, like recognized in the class. And I was like, oh shit. And like, <laughs> they brought me up for like an improv and you know, I'm a prop guy. I mean, I was a driver and a prop guy and like, I didn't know anything about acting. I was fucking mortified. It was like, I didn't suck, but I was so scared. Like, I don't know if I was any good. And, uh, right. so they, she hooked me up with a, a, an actress to do a scene with. And we met at Formosa cafe and this girl was just like, totally flaky she was late she you know she's like yeah let's rehearse tomorrow she didn't show up and i was like 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. I, you know, and it was really just an excuse because I was scared. You know, so um, so that took me a long time to like get into it. And once I was started working uh, behind the scenes, I was like, you know, it's great money. It's like easy, and you know, it's fun. So for me, it was like hard to kind of like, okay, I'm going to stop making you know a hundred thousand right. dollars a year doing you know the you know crew work and like try to be an actor you know so and plus like i was traveling all the time and it was like hey this is cool and i'm in my 20s and i'm doing my own thing and this is fine but it wasn't until you know 96 where i was like okay this is i'm getting older you know i really want to do this and uh but it was always something i always wanted to do but you know that i was sitting on set watching the crew people who mostly you know don't like actors or who always like you know think the actors have their spoil there i always you know. get a weird vibe from the crew people yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, you gotta yeah you gotta make quick friends yeah. with them yeah. and that's what, what's been great about you know having all that experience being on set is now i like i already know them like i know what they're thinking when i walk up you know i already know what what you know what's going what, what i need to do i do a little extra you know, so I'm making sure that I, you know, I memorize people's names. I know everybody by the end of the first day. I know like the whole crew. I'm, you know, I obviously make sure that like the the people that I think are the you know the most important people on the set, like the PAs. You know, I'm friends with. You know, because those are the people that are like running around like crazy, and they will do anything for you. You know, so it's like so I get it. Like, and I knew where my mark was, and I knew what a mark was, and I knew what it meant by you know to. You know, to make sure it's like each hand, each time is the same hand and how he did it. You know, just the little things that actors, it's hard for them to know if you're not on set doing it. Like on right. a play, you know, or, you know, doing stuff in an acting class, it's tough sometimes and just realize, go, wait, so you want me to do this each time when I'm talking, you know, each, right, but it's right, like, right. Right, right I, on that word. I did it yeah. once, but like, I didn't, I don't want to do it anymore. Like that's like too bad where you have to match it now. Cause you're over the, sh- you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. those are things that being on set as a, as a prop guy who had to reset that glass every time. Like I get what that means. You know, <laughs> it's great. So. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about plan B. Um, but we did just have we were just coming off of a, a whole episode we did on actor thrival jobs uh-huh. it was our pre- our previous episode and so <clears throat> I'm curious and then we can just move on from all of the stuff prior to you prior to March 12th right. 2007 basically but um, I just want to ask one last question about that which is how did you find yourself you know you you said you kind of stumbled upon this uh, made for TV movie as a prop guy right. thing uh, when you were living in San Diego, but how how did you continue that? Like, how did you maintain going from prop guy to, you know, PA to doing all these crew right. jobs and basically going from one project to another? Was it just because of who you had met on the previous job? Or was there some other way that you went about, like, maintaining uh, survival or, you know, making that your actual right. day job every single day? Because, you know, projects come to an end. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, you know, nurturing those relationships was key. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I was, you know, I've always kind of been, um, you know, I work my ass off, like on everything I do. That's just, you know, my dad was just here for four days and we we're kind of talking about like, he was watching me do, I had to, I was creating a, a, a presentation deck for a pitch that we have. And then like, I'm going through and the stuff and I'm like still working on it while we're talking We're on the couch and I'm doing something, I'm printing it up and I'm like cutting stuff out and I'm pasting it, scanning it and putting it back in so I can, you know, put it in Photoshop and do it, make it this, it look this certain way. And he's like, you know, your work ethic. Cause he, he went to bed and like, I was still working, you know, they went to their hotel and like, you know, he came back and I, I had finished it and I showed him, he's like, you know, he's like, you got my work ethic. I like that, you know, because, <laughs> and I think that was for me, you know, I've always felt that, you know, uh, and as, as I got, went from PA to like a boss of some sort, like a prop master that had like 10 people. I mean, my, I was assistant prop master on Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. It was like my second oh, yeah. big movie that I'd ever, yeah. I'd, first movie I'd ever done like that big. And, but my second movie as an assistant prop master and they had 10 people underneath me that all had more experience than me that were like, you know, dressing hundreds of extras and there was explosions and there was like, you know, three trucks full of stuff. And it's like, I just like jumped in and like figured out how to do it. I had no idea how to do it. I was scared to death, but I just did it. And so I always figured, and I'd always ask for help. So for me, like each job I was doing, it's like, I start to do it. If I didn't know how to do it, I just like find some cool way of like, you know, they said, go hang up those, those drapes. I'm like, all right, cool. So like, how would you do it? You, you guys, cause I like sometimes <laughs> use like a screwdriver and do the thing. They're like, no, here's a, use a, here's a screw gun. You're like, Oh, excellent. Excellent. And so like probably the right side first, right. You know, do the right side <laughs> and then like start to help it. And I, then I get it. And then I, you know, and so when I get new people, I do the exact same thing. I kind of show them how to do it and stuff. So 
you know, uh, nurturing those relationships and constantly, and I was kind of that squeaky wheel. I'd constantly, and I'm still am. I'm, you know, I'm the guy, you know, you know, talking to Ford about getting a car, you know, for our next project. And I'm like, you know, saying, Hey man, how's it going? You know, it's like, right, I'm right. the guy that like always is like calling and sending up, you know, following up and, you know, and, and doing a lot of stuff for free. And that's how I started doing a lot of, you know, different projects for free. People would be doing things and I'd like, you know, go do art department for free for them and, you know, on a short film. And then they would hire me on some commercial, which then somebody else would hire me for something else. So it was kind of, yeah. you know, and I always say that's like, you know, um, you know, I always work for free, you know, not less, less now, but you know, I, sure. you know, for, for sure, starting out, I was always working for free, always doing stuff. You know, if somebody was doing a project, I was there like boom, craft service, whatever. Cause it just got me, uh, there's just that circle of people. You have no idea, you know, what kind of, where you, where people are going to be next. And, uh, and that's why those PAs, you know, like there was a guy who was like a line producer who was like a jerk to me at the time, but he, you know, he's just having a tough day this, this first day. And, we got along friends that, you know, he's now Neil Moritz. He's got like 75 movies in pre-production, you know, it's right. like, you know, now I'm glad I wasn't a jerk, you know, right. and, you know, didn't take it personally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that, that brings up a good point because there's a, there's a little bit of a debate happening. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bob Fraser. Mm-hmm. He's like the acting, he's got workshops and all sorts of products to educate actors and stuff. Um, and I get his newsletter and, and, um, he, the past couple of weeks, he's been writing a lot of little articles about working for free. And I, I don't always read word for word, so I might be butchering this. Right. Uh, maybe this is totally wrong, but I think he says basically you've got to choose a point in your career where you're done working for free, where it's not feasible anymore. Yeah. And then there's people who were like, no, work for free all the time because those connections you're going to make are priceless. So it sounds like you kind of found the best of both worlds with that. Yeah, you ha- you know, I think that um, there there has to there's a cutoff, and I think you know intuitively when it is, you know, where you just go, okay, because there's still people. I mean, there's people that work for basically free on the Bannon Way, you know, like Michael Ironside and Robert Forrester and Vanessa Marcel. Like if you broke it down, how much they got paid per the uh, many days and hours, it yeah. was like back to when they first started. You know, yeah. but because they were passionate about the project, we were passionate about the project. We convinced them. You don't care about the money, right? Because this is going to be fun. This is going to be like <laughs> something that nobody's ever done before. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that you know, I think at the end of the day, you're always, you know, you have to be true. I mean, you know, when you're like, you know what, I'm I'm starting to resent the people that I'm doing it for. I'm resenting, you know, I'm not coming in 100 percent because even if you're doing it for free, you should obviously give 100. percent You can't kind of like. You know, and if you start to get, say, yeah, I'm, I'm not giving 100%, maybe I'll just take six months off from like working for free on stuff and like, I'll, you know, I need 100 bucks. Sorry. You know, I know you guys right. are just doing this as a SAG low budget, deferred, but if you can pay me 100 bucks, great. You know, or whatever it is, you know, and, and, and a lot of times that, that little bit makes you feel better and they feel better. They go, wow, this is great. I mean, we're, he's a pro. He's, he's, you know, I mean, and everybody feels excited to like, there's something about being, you know, paid. And I, and I would joke yeah. about this with my, like the B jobs of, you know, design, graphic design or designing someone's postcard for, you know, they just booked a job and doing a new play or something like that. It's like, you know, people that I do for free are always like the worst, you know, like customers, my best friends. They're like the worst. Cause they're like the most demanding. They're like, they want the most changes. They don't appreciate it. And it's like, they always need it yesterday. Like the people I'm paying me are like, thank you so much. It's so <laughs> great. No, I'm cool. Maybe just one change you do a thing. It's like, it's perfect. You know what I mean? It's so like, funny the way that works. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's a, well, it's a, it's a value perception. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thing, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, yeah. I totally get that. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Mark Gant, actor, director, producer, writer, photographer, graphic designer, graphic designer, awesome guy, person, man, person, dude. man dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. I'm, and again, it was really inspiring, and I, I can't wait to uh, share episode or part two of the interview next week. Look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, um, you can uh, send in your questions to us. Um, and uh, also, I want to plug our Ustream channel because right. uh, we actually recorded episode 27, our Thrival Jobs episode, um, and it's uh, the, the, the broadcast, the live broadcast was recorded and is now on our Ustream, ch- Ustream channel. So you can go to Ustream.com slash Inside Acting uh, to kind of check that out. In mm-hmm. addition to getting in touch with us in the uh, 
numerous ways you can do that. You can hit up uh, our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. That's kind of the, the hub, obviously, of all the different ways to, uh, to be in touch with us. And we'd love to hear from you. So you can call us. You can leave us a voicemail at 213-2-ACTORS, which is 213-222-8677. Thank you. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. We are is it, Do we have that URL now? Facebook.com slash InsideActing? I'm pretty sure. Do we? Okay. Or you can just search for Inside Acting on Facebook. Uh, and find us there. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at twitter.com slash inside acting. You can find us individually on Twitter as well. I am at twitter.com slash Trevor Algott. I'm twitter.com slash digital actor. Cool. And uh, gosh, what are we forgetting? I feel like we're forgetting something. The oh, email? Oh, we, we, have, uh, oh, we have an email address, insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. But just this morning, I set up a, a little profile for us on actorrated.com. Oh, yeah, this is great. Talk and about that a little bit. if anybody hasn't seen Actor Rated, it is awesome. It's kind of like the Yelp of the actor community. So it's a website where people can can go on and rate and comment on headshot photographers and real editors and website designers and voiceover demo creators and all sorts of stuff like that. The reason we signed up, you know, we don't make any money from this podcast, so the reason we signed up is just to kind of get our our, our product out there a little bit more, even though no one's, you know, we're not charging for it. But um, if you want to, you can stop by and uh, leave us a little review, you know, give us a little five-star rating. In addition to uh, a five-star rating would be nice on our uh, iTunes page. Yes. And uh, last but not least, if you really like what you hear, you can donate to the podcast. Uh, we do this completely out of pocket, as most of our longtime listeners know. And um, it's not cheap or free to do. Um, you know, we, we love doing it, um, but it costs money to drive around town and make these, you know, go to these interviews, to host the files on the server. There's a lot of time and that goes into editing the episodes and putting them online. Um, so Speaking of having part-time jobs. Yeah, speaking of having part-time <laughs> jobs. So, um, you know, I, I, I read something the other day that there was a really good kind of analogy. There was a guy who, um, who has this website that I, that I use a lot called 750 Words, and it's just an online journaling site. But uh, he has a place you can donate, and he says, you know, there's a coffee shop around the corner from him, and he goes in there and you know, he'll buy a coffee and then sit at the table for a couple hours and write. And it's kind of this unspoken mutual agreement that, yeah, you know, you, you buy a coffee and we'll let you, you know, kind of hang out in our coffee shop. That's just kind of understood. That's kind of the way it works. And I think that the podcast is, is pretty similar to that. You know, if you guys really get something out of what you hear um, and, you, and you like what we're doing... And you, you know, like hanging out with us? Yeah, buy buy us a coffee. Buy us kick, a kick coffee. us kick us three bucks, and um, you know it, it's kind of like a mutual uh, exchange. And I think that that um, it, well, I know it would go a really long way for us. So. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I like that. I've never thought of it yeah. like that. That's cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, look forward to uh, episode twenty nine with part two of Mark Gant's interview. In the meantime, uh, we should have some kind of like oh yeah, we should have some kind of like one liner that we do at the end. Or, or we can like make them up, like every episode. We just like come up with one a one liner, such say, as I don't know. Like uh, in the meantime, stay strong, be well. <laughs> like, and in the meantime, sure. uh, kick ass and chew bubble gum. Uh, All right. And in the meantime, uh, audition your ass off. And in the meantime, get a different job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we just logged four <laughs> episodes worth right there. Yeah, I know. Seriously. So in the meantime, do all those things. <laughs> Cool. For episode 28, uh, I'm Trevor Algott. I'm AJ Meyer. See you guys next week. Hey.